to another episode of How Simp Season, and any time you can open up with Led Zeppelin, it's a good day. I think so. Yeah, uh, definitely so. That over there is definitely, most likely, possibly, maybe, Mr. J-Rod in the flesh. I'm not even here. I'm, I'm a figment of your imagination. See, that's what we've been discussing this it, whole quite time. Quite literally, I'm a voice in all these people's heads right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All, Unless yeah. they're playing it on their phone. Also, did you know that Figment was a character in Disney? He was an imaginary dragon. I thought that was Puff. No, well, him too. But like that was Disney's version. They're like, uh, we got this uh, dragon, and he's like with this dude and his Figment. We call him because he like inspires this guy to invent shit or whatever. Right. If memory serves. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I, I really liked him as a Ute uh, over at the Epcot. You know, they made you learn over oh, there. Okay. And, you know, instead of. Riding Space Mountain or whatever. Woo! Space Mountain. Screw learning. Yeah. Well, you know, people wanted you to learn when you were young. <laughs> but can you go to school and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we do have a show for you this evening. It'll be, um, there's not a lot to talk about. Uh, there is one kind of major thing we'll talk about a little bit just because it's kind of a big deal. Um, not really our thing, but like, uh, I know J Rod's going to love talking about it. So, um, it's going to be fun for him, at least. Uh, something happened. <laughs> something happened today. Um, which which thing? Oh, uh, the main thing that was on the news all day. I today. don't watch the news. The Manafort. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, turning ins. So I just had uh, questions for you because all the hullabaloo is uh, going on, and I want to know what uh, actualities are. And if anybody's going to know, it's going to be J Rod because I don't know shit. About I have a politics. thing to, to say on it. I can tell you that much. I bet you probably would. So, uh, but yes, uh, we opened the uh, show with Led Zeppelin, and we're going to be closing with a, uh, another song. Uh, as I'm going to be talking a little bit about sharp objects here soon. Um, HBO. Ouch. Yeah, uh, I just got him with one right now. I threw something across the room. <laughs> A ninja star uh, and got him in the knee. <laughs> like butters, my eye is stabbed out. <laughs> yeah, he's handling it very well. <laughs> I'm uh, a professional, you know. Uh, but no, I'm going to talk a little bit about sharp objects, and I have a review, uh, a further review. I started last week on eighth grade, uh, but also I'm going to be uh, reviewing the movie Alpha um, about a boy and his wolf uh, in prehistoric times mm. uh, in Europe um, or Pangaea, perhaps. Who knows? Perhaps. Yeah. All I, white I people, though, right? Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. No, no. Good. No, no white people. Oh, yeah? Yeah. No, I'll tell you about that in a minute. Not many people, period. Right. Um, or words, even. So. Right. Um, yeah. But still, uh, I got a lot to say about okay. Alpha. Um, so we'll get to that. I'm going to think. I'm not going to waste any more time, and I'm just going to dive on into our weekly update section. Uh, I'm going to do that now. I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. So first, I don't know if you have or have not been watching, and I know you haven't. Well, I don't know, but I assume you haven't. I ain't been watching shit. Uh, but there uh, has been an HBO miniseries that concludes this week that is of Jillian Flynn's 
or Gillian Flynn. I don't know if it's Gillian. Oh yeah, or the Gillian. Sharpie, uh, Sharpie but, Sharps. Yeah, I think it's Gillian Flynn. Uh, I don't. Know. Anyways, uh, the, that's the author of these books. She did uh, one called Dark Places, which was a movie that didn't do so well, and it wasn't very good. Uh, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, then she did a movie uh, with David Fincher, and when David Fincher makes a movie, it's real good, and it was pretty damn good. It's Gone Girl, which is probably ar- arguably the most uh, recognized of her works. Um, and yeah. then uh, there was a third book that she has out. She's currently working on a fourth, but only three available now, and that's The Sharp Objects, which is uh, Anna's favorite of the mm-hmm. three books, and also Re- the, Rachel, not Rachel, the Darkest. Um, Amy Adams? Uh, yeah, Amy Adams, uh-huh. And uh, HBO broke it down as an eight-parter, um, kind of, and it's done, um, uh, it, I guess, in the same stylings uh, and in the same vein of uh, Big Little Lies or Little Big Lies, mm-hmm. um, and it's done by the same guy. Even though now Big Little Lies or Little Big Lies is supposed to be told uh, as one arc, uh, now it's coming back for more. Yeah. Which, uh, I know that uh, your lady is not necessarily pleased and feels it should have been left at just the one. Yeah. Um, whereas mine's like, I love that shit. I'm going to take more of it if I can get it. And I'm like, I guess if it's done well, then cool. Yeah. But uh, this one is a one and done because uh, there is, I mean, the source material, you know, that it comes from. But that book was, uh, I think it was a book, too, The Little Big Lies. I believe so. Uh, and there's only one of those. Mm-hmm. So uh, who knows? Who fucking knows? Well, but uh, they kept doing Game of Thrones. No one gave a shit. Yeah, but that's a big deal <laughs> right there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They can't just be like, we are waiting and waiting. And sure we just, can. Nah, dude. They've waited. How long, uh, how long was it for The Sopranos? Out. Two years? Yeah. And how we're, long has it been? For, it's been it. five. Five years for Curb. Yeah, we're well. Yeah, but we're approaching uh, uh, to to where it would have lost a chunk of its audience whilst yeah. waiting, and they're like, we need to capitalize. What the hell is going on? I don't know. Crashes in the other room <laughs> of the studio. I I'm going to blame the not cat. pleased at all. Uh, but whatever. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I too. always blame uh, the cat because the cat is the source of America's problems. <laughs> Your cat is Trump? Yeah, uh, or others. Yeah, uh, It's whatever figure it needs to be. What's Who's your boogeyman? It's my cat is what it is, really, in disguise. Uh, your cat is the mouse in my Yeah, house. what is it in uh, uh, Harry Potter, a bogget or something? Uh, um, what? Uh, like a bogget that comes out of a box and it's oh, like the your biggest fear. Yeah. yeah, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah, see? I know Harry Potter shit, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been to the Hogwarts <laughs> a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, literally once, yeah. uh, which was neat. Uh, but anyways, that's not what we're here to talk about. Uh, Sharp Objects, though. It's been on HBO. It's approaching its season uh, or series finale. And uh, the music has been absolutely spot on. And what I love about it, much like in Big Little Lies, these are not songs that he just like thinks fits the scheme and is like, that would sound cool in my show. Like, the lyrics go with what's going on. Like, the music is picked perfectly. Not a single song you're hearing is by accident. And that, from what I understand, is not how the book is so that's his own little touch oh fun well yeah, there wouldn't I, be music in a book I, would there? i ask well you can talk i mean this lady clearly uh first off has i don't want to get spoilery but she has a, a special connection to the music that oh, she okay. has so she doesn't like listen to a lot of it so the songs that she does listen to um just 
it's hard to, you'll when you watch you'll know the music is just it's extremely well done the soundtrack uh, this the person that does the the big little lies and and this here they know uh how to use music really well at like a feature film like top notch level production Very well. when it comes like, I'm talking like, like could hang with like show? well it could hang with like uh you know Tarantino and like mm. Scorsese in the choice of songs used to accentuate their art. Me it's too. not just music that's there to you know either fill gaps or 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 do montage. Mm-hmm. You know the music selected is selected on purpose to help further the story, and I really like it, especially when uh, TV productions. Even though HBO is very much not. It's not TV, it's HBO. Yeah, you know, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, still, really, it's quite great. Mm-hmm. So um, if you haven't been checking out the Sharp Objects, I highly encourage you to do so. And I will have a song in the end, too, which I really love. And uh, what's going to be crazy is um, I, I, I knew when I was listening to it, it came on, and I was like, I know that song. That's the Everly Brothers. What song is that? And then I figured it out. Because it's something that the Coen brothers used to tell the story in uh, Raising Arizona. Um, and I had always knew that song that Holly Hunter had sang. And then I never really, it never really clicked until mm-hmm. just last night that it was that Everly Brothers song. And nice. What? Like, the Everly Brothers are doing the Raising Arizona song. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how, that, not how yeah, that works. And I was like, wait a minute, strike that, reverse it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, um, so I, I'm going to have a J-Rod, uh, technical wizard, slap that on the end there uh, so you guys can give it a listen. It's a nice, uh, haunting little tale. That's not... Uh, Always about uh, good stuff there. Uh, no. Uh, in that tune. So, mm. um, you know, uh, not all music from the 60s was all happy, you know, all the leaves no. are brown and all that shit. No. Um, yeah, and then there's the J. Frank Wilson, and, you know, and his last kiss, uh, you know, song, oh, which yep, is yep, yep. very, very sad, but catchy. <laughs> <laughs> so catchy that Pearl Jam needed to. That, um,. A Rolling Stones song, Dead Flowers. Oh, yeah, I love that, yeah. Dead Flowers. The I ha- actually like the happiest the, sad song I know, The Towns of Anzant. Yeah, I love the Towns of Anzant version. Uh, I think it's I think it's great. Um, I love both versions. Well, I love uh, Towns of Anzant. They're both, uh, and you go, oh, it's the two versions of the same song. No, very different versions of the same yeah, song. I love his uh, Towns of Anzant. I love his um, uh, uh, Drunken Ira Hayes as well. Yeah, and if you go, what the fuck are you talking about? Watch the Big Lebowski and yeah, the, the song at the the dead flowers that plays on that is the towns of Anzan. And if you go and you just type in Rolling Stones, and, and then you can hear the original, mm-hmm. um, which is very, uh, it's a lot faster. And, and there's a, a great version of that the Rolling Stones do on their live album called Stripped. Yeah, also has Shine a Light as well, which I really like. Yeah, it's a great album. Um, yeah, I, I argue that most Rolling Stone albums are pretty great. Albums. Well, that, but that one, that live one. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like the Doors live is just one a great. Yeah, apparently the Rolling Stones have this thing. I don't know if they still do it now in their seventies, but they would roll into town like two days early and walk into some bar and be like, "Hey, can we play here?" Uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's a recording of one of those times they did that. They go. Uh, <laughs> Please, Stones, ro- Rolling Stones. Yeah, You're the Rolling Stones. And maybe since the internet, they've toned that down because you can like tweet your friends, "Hey, everybody, come down here. The fucking Rolling Stones are here." But yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, have you heard the news about uh, DC and their Green Lantern? 
They want no. to move forward with the Green Lantern. And they, okay. it's highly speculated, rumored, whatever, basically all but said. Ryan Reynolds? No, sir. <laughs> uh, uh, I did watch the Deadpool 2 uh, last night, though, as it came out on uh, Blu-ray and 4K today. And had the, he turned back. The a green, I can't spoil, but it's there's a Green Lantern there is, bit yeah. in there that's uh, uh, let's just say uh, quite funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, uh, apparently it's damn near all but done. Uh, Tom Cruise is going to is the front runner, heavy front runner to play the Green Lantern. Who um, said that? A lot of like multiple sources. Okay. Like apparently DC's like, yeah, we ain't even trying to hide it. It's Basically, it's going to be Tom Cruise unless something gets broke down in, in contractual talks, which happens. Well, that might just be them pitching it or saying no, it dude. Out like in it's gone to the okay. it's gone to the extreme where they're doing mock ups and like there's like production stills, fan art. Like okay. this shit has taken the fuck off hmm. in this past week. And I believe it when I see it. I think that it has a lot to do with well, you better start getting used to it. Uh, no, but, I, I'm just saying. Uh, I think a lot of it. I don't know this obviously, as I do not. I do not work for DC that mm-hmm. I know of, that I am aware of, that I'm certainly <laughs> not getting paid for of. He's a fucking uh, DC shill. But uh, I paid think under that, the table. I think that they're more interested in Tom Cruise for his ability to portray Hal Jordan because of the Maverick, you know, Flyboy mm. thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think that that has a lot to do with maybe why they're interested. Uh, Ryan Gosling also on the list, which I don't see. Um, but you know, uh, I, it's it, yeah. Multiple spots are like, oh shit! It's uh, very likely that Tom Cruise will be the Green Lantern, and they're starting over and doing a whole bunch of reboots in the in the DC stuff. Probably waiting, making their way for James Gunn to that's cool head over there because you know <laughs> he's a franchise fixer. Now, last week, if you were listening on the show, there was something that was breaking about uh, James Gunn as we were discussing. Uh, what possibly would go on, and we um, found out that there was an article that framed up a there thing was, in some really bad, not in, I guess, multiples, but it was it two, with, uh, yeah, bad two places had the same headline. Yeah. And I will be uh, happy to say, as over the past week, I did not see or hear anything more on that, neither did I, um, at all. But I did. Uh, we did get a finalized answer uh, from Disney yeah. that James Gunn will not uh, be hired. Um, that is yeah. confirmed. And Vincent D'Onofrio was like, "Well, shit." Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, you know, everybody that wanted James Gunn back is the Disney's like, "Nah." And Kevin Feige has said to support it. I don't buy that, but whatever. Um, they are going to. Yeah, because he meet, wants to keep his job. The, yeah, they did specifically meet with James Gunn this week. It was on Tuesday, and that's when it got confirmed. However, uh, reportedly, um, all is not lost as they are still going to use his script. But it comes with a big but. Whenever they hire this new director, they're going to tweak the shit out of it yeah. to fit whatever their vision is. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, if you say, well, it's cool, man. They're going to get Taika Waititi to do it. And he's super close and he probably could do it. None of the Marvel bros uh, in that director of stables or stable of directors is going to do it. Uh, Taika has already said no. Uh, and he's also said, uh, in addition to no, I am booked solid through 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they asked uh, the the creator, director, showrunner of uh, Daredevil, yeah. uh, I believe it's Drew Goddard. Mm-hmm. Uh, they asked him, and he was like, no. Nah. Uh, they're like, why? He's like, James Gunn's my friend. 
Um, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. He's already put in the work, and I'm not going to be the one that's going to. No, I'm just mm-hmm. not doing that. And they're like, well, shit. And now, all of a sudden, uh, Doctor Strange 2, which was thought to be scrapped, is a go <laughs> and is going to be uh, starting up roughly when Guardians 3 was supposed to start shooting. So I'm thinking that either they're going to scrap Guardians 3 altogether, which I think is the best thing that can happen, mm-hmm. um, or they are going to bump it way far back so they can basically redo everything yeah, that they need to redo forget. for it. <laughs> yeah, um, and we'll see where it goes. Obviously, they're not, they did not say, hey, that's canceled and, hey, we're doing this, but... I know movies, and I know the movie industry, and I know when a magical movie that was dead is now magically greenlit and fast-tracked and is going to be starting filming in February. Uh, I know that they're definitely doing something. Mm -hmm. Um, And Cumberbatch is like, cool, another one off of my contract list. (laughs) Uh, Fantastic. I think I'm at four out of my nine now. So uh, Man, that went fast. Yeah, we're just going to keep on trucking (laughs) and getting that Marvel money. So I did like Dave Batista's latest thing. Thanks Disney for making America great again. Yeah, they, Batista is openly not happy about the whole situation. Yeah. And I can't uh, imagine he'd make any sort of filming an enjoyable experience for anyone. No, uh, only it, the only way that he would is if it would make life difficult for his friends but yeah at this point i mean that's clearly a nasty thing and disney's like you know what maybe we need to just put this whole thing on the shelf for a minute yeah. for a bit or forever i do not know i just think that it's certainly not going to be coming out anytime soon and i'm i'm good with it uh without gun i'm fine at two volumes and appearing in you know avengers movies or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. um you can still keep the characters without having to have that be a trilogy yeah, and there's lots of other uh, storylines and characters and movies you can boot up. Exactly. In, in different, Bust out I will say universes. Warlock, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you can do all kinds of good stuff. But, you know, that was the big uh, entertainment news this week, though, was that um, the, uh, well, first off, the, the Doctor Strange and then the, the James Gunn incident and all that uh Stuff but from coming to a finality, at least from the fans' perspective. Like, ain't no petition going to save this now. Yeah. Disney is like, I, we said this, and this is what we're doing. And now let me add to this. Disney, uh, who is probably no doubt not listening, but if you are, you, uh, sirs and ladies, uh, have set a dangerous fucking precedent for anything moving forward. Um Basically, you're going to see your actors deleting, getting off, staying off social media. You're going to see your actors doing less and less press junkets for their movies. You're going to see all their actors wanting to go back to the world of secret Hollywood because you can't be yourself anymore. And if you are, how fucking dare you? And your whole career could be over by you making one dumb fucking sentence and putting it online. And from the other side, you're going to have every person who's mad about anything and anyone that ever had anything to do with Disney sending you a fucking email. Every day. It's basically, I mean, it's it's extreme, but it's like basically letting, okay, United States doesn't negotiate with terrorists. Ah, but we at Disney do. Yeah. Well, it's, I you're mean, it's letting, extreme, but am I wrong there, though? No, you're, you're letting the inmates run the asylum. That's what, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, you just don't, it, the, the most powerful thing Disney could have done, and I think I and we have said this before, was go, guy, that doesn't, I, we know what you do. 
Yeah. We know what he did. We were aware of it. He has apologized for it. He went and apologized for it again, which he didn't have to do. Mm-hmm. And we're going to stick by our guy. Uh, go fuck yourselves. Have a Coke and a smile. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but they didn't do that. If he does instead, something new. Yeah, like, that would have made Disney look incredibly powerful. And it would have made people go, hey, they stick by their performers and aren't going to fire somebody over some dumb shit yeah. that they already knew about. Like, if this was new and came to light, then I can see it. But all was known, so I don't understand. And I probably never will other than, you know, uh, what the parent company's core values are. But when you look back at that parent company, I don't think so there, much. I don't uh, think there's any values. I think it's trying to appease people in the moment well, in a knee-jerk a, reaction during mm-hmm. outrage culture. Well, by appeasing the people. Uh, they've made everyone else mad. That and they've, they've also made it to where uh, entertainment is... You better be careful these days uh, yeah. because somebody can end your career with a few uh, right moments of access to previous incidents in your life. Well, yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? What you really do is you give more power to the people who um, aren't kind and want to destroy someone's career because they simply have different political views. Yeah. And guess what? James Gunn and I don't agree politically. I wasn't about to end his career over it. Yeah, no, James Gunn's a little too outspoken on this politics for me, and I'm a fan. I love James Gunn's movies, uh, and I'm like, oh, man, I don't really get down with all this. But whatever, it's his, your right to say whatever you want. I guess it's dude's right to go through and, and do all that, but it's not really fair of Disney to fire somebody for something that they already know about for somebody simply bringing it back up. I just think that that's just dumb and to not stick by your guy, I think is, uh, I think it's just, that's what I said before. It's a dangerous precedent. It's a slippery slope. As I said a couple of weeks ago. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's just not good. So, um, what is good though, moving on is that, uh, uh, it's always sunny in Philly, which we thought was never coming back. Is coming back. It's coming back in September. Yes, and Glenn Howerton is in most of it, which is great because he's great. got his old new own show going on, AP Bio, which is pretty fucking funny. Last year, if they've you didn't been see able it. to re- like condense the filming for that show because of Danny DeVito for so long now. I th- I don't think they sweat it. Yeah, like, it was well, probably like a week, and he banged out everything. Yeah, he we'll, we'll to film do. everything he does with a couple of really long days in a week, and then we'll be good. And basically, their idea of really long days is hanging out with our friends. Yeah, screaming uh, at each other. Yeah, in a bar, drinking, yeah. uh, eating pizza, and having a good old time. Yeah. So I was reading the old news uh, a few days back, and I was scrolling, and I was like, huh? Oh, I, it's the equivalent of, I thought he was dead, uh, is uh, apparently production has wrapped on True Detective Season 3. I forgot that was even a thing. Oh, yeah, with uh, what's-his-name. Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember now, but, like... Yeah, I, with the green, the, the new movie with Vigo, he's in that movie. Yeah, green, I just... Uh, green Room, the Green Book, that's what it is. The, uh, I, I just had forgotten, because Season 2 is just so bad, I'd forgotten that they were actually going to take another you know, attempted this whole thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and uh, I was like, cool, I guess. Um, you know, it's going to be really impossible to live up to the first one. But uh, I think now that we've got a bad one out of our system, maybe this third one will be just right. It'll be a little forgiving. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think. And and so I guess we'll see. So I'm like, cool, because that was truly out of my mind. Like, I saw that and was like, <laughs> oh. And then I never thought about it again <laughs> until I saw that and was like, oh, I guess they were well, doing that. Yeah, they? they weren't promoting it much during the filming or anything, were they? No, no, they certainly weren't. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, 
this week uh, has been pretty wild, though, um, in in terms of the uh, the country, in terms of the world of Disney and Marvel, uh, and in in in. Uh, in terms of the Politics? world of music, uh, oh, okay. so to speak, yeah. as um, uh, I'm, as we as we segue into our next section, uh, I'm going to task uh, J Rod with going into a folder on his or my computer, and uh, we're going to uh, play out uh, the song "Think" for you all. Yeah, um, I got it. In uh, in in our tribute to uh, Aretha Franklin, truly the queen of soul and truly more than just a, a big voice. It was the defining voice of a couple of generations. Um, and, and just, it's one of those where you got, you know, you lot, when you have a voice like that, you know, like a, like a Whitney, you know, oh, uh, yeah. or, or even I hate the person, but the voice of a Mariah, you mm. know, you can say a first name and you know, you say Aretha, and they don't go Aretha Davis. Are you talking about? No, <laughs> you talking about Aretha. You were talking about Aretha Johnson. No, man, Aretha Franklin. Everybody knows. You say Aretha, you got it. Uh, yeah. But you don't even have to say that. Truly, the Queen of Soul, and uh, I, I can guarantee that everybody that's listening to this has at least heard an Aretha Franklin song once in their life. Whether they like her, or whether they don't, whether they were drunk or whether they were in a great mood or whether they're in a foul mood or whatever, they've heard at least one Aretha Franklin song, whether it be in a movie, at a bar, or somewhere, and they got down. Mm. I promise mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. I fucking promise you. Because there's that many good, different songs that she put out over a 50-year career. You know what I'm saying? That's it's a long time. Maybe longer. Shit, sixties. So what's that? 70s, 80s, 90s? Well, that'd be fifty. Yeah, fifty. Yeah, long time that, that she's been fucking famous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like been doing shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, she's been making music longer than that. I, I mean, she has. Uh, she's been an icon for fifty years. Yeah, she she started making music when she was in her young teens. Yeah, um, but yeah. So um, I don't think that there will ever be a, uh, like. Like Whitney Houston and like certain people, there will never be another voice like this. There will be some that come close and there will be some that will rise up and, and go through the ranks. But this is this is the loss of a, of a once-in-a-lifetime. Often imitated, never duplicated. That's right. Um, just like, I mean, he's on a lesser level, uh, but I love Huey Lewis. And there ain't nobody in the world can sing a yep. song and sound like Huey Lewis well, unless they're Huey Lewis. It's, it's identifiable. Uh, and there's others like that too, um, you know. Uh, but some, just like you just said, cannot be duplicated, mm-hmm. no matter how hard you try. And uh, Miss Aretha Franklin is one of those. So uh, I'm going to have J Rod uh, give you a few bars uh, here in a little bit uh, when we transfer on over into secret movie time. So I'm not going to get into this whole thing, but I want y'all to check out this if you are interested. There will be spoilers, and I'm not going to get into it on. Air, but there is a great, great, great theory. And if you want to know what it is, it's about an Infinity War. Type it into the Google machine. Theory explains why uh, Infinity Thanos Infinity Gauntlet broke, and we're totally blown away at why. Um, it also gets to the issue of you know why was the Hulk in the trailer uh, but not in the movie, uh, running in the Wakanda fight, and you know the Russo brothers are like, yeah, we put it in there just to fool you or whatever. I don't think so, uh, mm. especially after reading this whole thing. Uh, so check it out. Um, it's a damn good read, uh, if anything. 
because uh, I've I've watched that movie oh so many times, um, and yeah. even more so now that I have it at my house. I'm like, hey, I think I can watch Infinity War <laughs> uh, because it's great, and I have it right here, so I'm going to do that, and I, I do. So uh, I would uh, highly encourage uh, checking that out, as it did come out uh, last week. And then now a week uh, apart, we have the Deadpool 2, which were arguably two of the biggest movies of the summer. Um, Now available for home video, whether you want to rent it or buy it or whatever it is that you do. Um, You know, you can get you can get Avengers Infinity War and you can get Deadpool 2 and you can come home and you will have like five and a half hours of solid entertainment. Because All featuring Josh Brolin. That's right. In Deadpool 2, uh, they have what's called a super-duper fucking extended cut. Oh, yeah. uh, With the fucking all bleeped out, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, And it's uh, 15, 16 minutes longer of different jokes inserted in and throughout the movie. Um, Some way tasteless and very funny. (laughs) (laughs) But I can see why they didn't make the cut. Uh, Let's just say Hitler's involved. And oh yeah, uh, the time travel bit. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. So uh, I think they released that bit on YouTube. It, oh really? Yeah. Okay. Well, they've inserted it back into the film as was. Um, yeah. Well, and, it got so much publicity when they when that cut came out that they were like, oh, here's here's a taste. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, well, it's definitely. I would definitely uh, dev- if you're gonna watch it. Watch that super duper cut because uh, it. I mean, I first off, I like it when they make the full versions of the film with the scenes restored mm-hmm. and i just don't like watching deleted scenes i like it when it's put back in the mm-hmm. movie and uh you know now is the time uh now now is the time uh for <laughs> this you is to, the hour to get uh to get that because i don't know if that supercut is going to be available the whole time uh kevin feige while we were talking about him before uh, uh is, is also said this week uh, hoping to do anything he can to turn the news off of James Gunn, uh, said, hey, you know what? I'm open for Blade to come back to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so I ask you, I personally would only want Wesley Snipes to do it. Would you be okay if Blade came in with somebody else? Depends on who Snipes? it was, yeah. I don't think I would. Well, I would agree with you if they'd stopped at Blade 1, but they didn't. They went on and fucked it up two more yeah, times. Yeah, it was still Wesley Snipes. Doesn't matter. I see if it was the other no. people fucked it up. One of them being Ryan Reynolds. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm saying. Well, I mean, one of them had Triple H, the mm-hmm. wrestler in it. He mm-hmm. had a fucking little Pomeranian dog. I believe that it was, was three. Yeah. It was. Trinity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Second one was directed by Guillermo del Toro. Yep. Yeah, it had uh, Norman Reedus in it, too. It did? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually had joked, uh, speaking of Norman Reedus, like, everybody leaving The Walking Dead, Rick only in six episodes, Maggie only in six episodes, rumors of a movie that's going to come out with Rick in the movie. Oh, oh, I'll bet, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I was like, they, they at this rate, they got to beef up, you know, uh, Reedus's contract, or they're going to lose out, but they got to pay him so much money, they might as well rename the show The Walking Daryl. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, he did get his own video game that one time. Well, he did. Speaking mm-hmm. of video games, uh, for your own personal sake, did you uh, get the new and last uh, Clementines? It's uh, not Walking out Dead? yet. It's oh, just it's out for pre-sale. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's a great pre-sale. September something. Well, not affect you because you already have. But if you get it now, like uh, I, I lost it. I had it on my Xbox 360 and then I upgraded to uh, the PS4. And I lost it because I don't I didn't play Xbox anymore. So now if you get this last one, they give you the first two for free. Yeah. 
with it, which is pretty great. It's uh, actually, value. you get the whole the Walking Dead collection, which is the three seasons that are out and the Michonne season. Oh, I didn't know that they yeah. gave you the Michonne Which I paid too. 50 bucks for, so I'm pretty pissed. Yeah. Uh, like two months before this came out. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's a kick to the junk right yeah. there. You're like, son of a... Mm. So, so now I'm kind of on this. I'm not buying games unless they're brand fucking new or on sale. Yeah. <laughs> and Well, and I, I, I pre-ordered that Detroit. I mean, I, I like the game, too, but I pre-ordered the Detroit specifically so I would get a free copy of Heavy Rain, and then it was the free game of the month next month. <laughs> I was like, you got to be shitting me. I mean, cool, though, because I at least... I at least, uh, you know, I like the game uh, and stuff. You know, I would have been really pissed if I didn't like the game at all. Um, so I, I know I've, we talked about it last week, uh, you know, Idris Elba being a uh, a front runner for um, the new Bond, yep. as, as said. So uh, there's this... Uh, Jimmy Jim James. There's this British-ass lady... Um, it's like eight minutes, and I told you last week. I'm like, people are going to be pulling the. Oh, you can't have a black James Bond. Oh yeah, didn't take long at all. British lady gets on here, going on there, slamming on how uh, Idris, as she pronounces it, Elba, uh, <laughs> has no business playing James Bond, and James Bond has no business being black. I'm like, okay, I thought we'd make it a little bit longer than a few days. He's not even been a cast yet but uh you know we're already there so it's starting and this was oh, yeah. from the british i didn't think it would take long at all yeah well the british have their own brand of well, racism it's their whole claim to james bond too oh what yeah i'm not sure i don't uh, I, i'm not a, a literary expert in this uh, vein but i i believe i remember someone saying that james bond's ethnicity is never actually stated in the books no i don't think it is yeah no it's just what they've uh gotten used to via the movies and such yeah you know i mean and i can't i've not read all the books so i can't say that it's not but if it is please email us and let us know and we will be happy to correct that on air um so there was an article that I saw that says, hey, how about Daniel Radcliffe as the new Wolverine? And I'm like, um, how about no? How about no? Why? How about never? How about no at all? Because he's hairy, he's intense, and he's a good actor. He is. Which sometimes uh, he is. I, I think well, that, and Wolverine's uh, supposed to be shorter, and Daniel Radcliffe's short. He is. Uh, he'd have to get fucking jacked. He though. would have to get beyond jacked, and he'd have to completely have a, a vocal trans. Like they'd have to give him a whole new voice box mm-hmm. and everything, because I would not be able to take him seriously. It would be like, oh, it's Harry Potter acting like Wolverine. <laughs> like seriously, maybe uh, he magicked himself into and, Wolverine. Well, you know? but yeah, ex- yeah, whatever it is, Expelliarmus fucking Wolverineus. Uh, I did see an article this week that um, uh, 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 Hugh Jackman didn't know a wolverine was a real animal uh, how, until until he it, was like filming. Is it because he's Australian and they don't have them I over there? I think so, yeah. Okay. At least that, I mean, that's at least something. But damn, man, like, come on. That's <laughs> yeah, no, he, he researched a different, a badger or something. <laughs> and then he was talking to his director about it. And the director was like, go to a zoo, man. <laughs> yeah, damn. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if you know uh, this, um, the uh, Jim, the Anvil, Nightheart of wrestling fame, uh, in the wrestling heyday of the 80s of my youth, had passed away this week. Oh, yeah. Um, one half of the Hart Foundation, so if you're an old school wrestling fan, 
Uh, it's a real bummer, but you know, you when wrestlers they have a kind of a, a short life expectancy, and he had kind of broken through that. And to see how he had passed is just a real gut wrencher. Is that he just slipped and fell and busted his head? No, oh. and it, accidents happen. Accident in the house, he yeah. slipped and fell, um, hit his head wrong, yeah. and that's awful. You know what I mean? That's just the randomness of life. Uh, and so there's really, out of all of the Hart Foundation, there's only one left alive, and it's Brett. Um, you know, Davy Boy is gone. Uh, Brian Pillman is gone. The Anvil is gone. And Owen Hart is gone, all of them, which is kind of a sad, sad thing, you know? Yeah, it is. But yeah. like you said, they have a short um, lifespan, the wrestlers. So. Uh, usually it's due to hard living. Uh, well, yeah. Life on the road is not an easy life, let alone no. to do what they do for a living. And they do it for a long, you know, they work, you know, uh, 300 days out of the year, or 280 days yeah. out of the year. Jumping and flipping and yeah. God knows what else. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, not cool. Um Here's a movie. Uh, I'll go ahead and I mean I'll go ahead and give a little quick re- review of it. It's not meant to be part of the show. It's just one that I wanted to see a while back. It's now out on the digital market. I think you would like it a lot. I know that I did as well. It's a real smart movie. Um, that's like whoa and real violent. Uh, it's called Upgrade. We, oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. saw the trailers for that. Yeah, yeah. we we had actually talked about it too. We were like, mm-hmm. we we want to go see Upgrade, but yeah. something had happened. That we couldn't go see Upgrade. We needed to, to review something else, and we didn't have the time. And then it was um, gone. And then it was gone. Yeah. And uh, uh, Chad, uh, our friend Chad out at the AMC, he was like, that's fucked up. I was like, in a good way? He's like, oh, yeah, but it's fucked up. I'm like, cool. I like that. You know, it's a movie kind of off the beaten path, kind of like The Green Room, uh, and kind of like uh, – um, uh, uh, bone tomahawk you oh know? yeah mm-hmm. uh stuff like that it's just you know not your your everyday out there hey we gotta go see this movie but if you do watch it it's it's good sleepers yeah it, it's a good term for it yeah it's a sleeper uh and don't sleep on better call saul it's back now um and kicking ass so if you've not uh if you've not known better call saul is getting close to um being over to overlapping the breaking bad like it's the evolution is almost complete Mm -hmm. i see it as a six season show and they're on season four right now Mm -hmm. and we're already getting some pretty big answers so if you uh fancy yourself a breaking bad folk uh you need to be up on this better call saul and be like oh man i need to get caught up on that i stopped watching season one (laughs) damn you're missing some good (laughs) shit like that is some phenomenal television if you have a netflix account three of the seasons are right there uh i i would take advantage of that um because it's some great watching uh better call saul and breaking bad if you've not it seen is that i too. can attest to what i have seen yeah it's good stuff did you know that there's going to be a new robocop i did yes. yeah neil blomkamp mm-hmm. we're a big big fan of his sci-fi he's trying to get the original robocop peter weller to come back and do it he, he says that's who he wants for his robocop oh, nice. i hope that that happens yeah he's older but you know he's i don't think he's doing RoboCop. much uh, he just did the <laughs> star trek movie <laughs> he just did the star trek movie uh, yeah. a few years back uh-huh. so uh you know I, th- I think it could work out well and here's something that's long overdue um Weird Al Yankovic, you may have heard of him. I don't know this man. Who? <laughs> he uh, 
Uh, one of the greatest musicians of our generation. That was sexist um, of me to assume it was a man. I'm sorry. That's right. Uh, Weird Al is finally, 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 finally is being a fixture throughout my entire life. I listened to his songs, uh, you know, from Dare to Be Stupid on, on through the 80s, on through Fat through the 90s, up on through, uh, you know, the... Uh, the Saga American, Begins. Yeah, The Saga Begins, The American Running Pie. with Scissors was that album. Yeah, uh, and, and all the way up and through, you know, almost every album he's had. Um, and, and I love him. And he's finally getting a star on the Walk of Fame. He's going to be inducted by uh, Dr. Demento. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, UHF. Uh, mm-hmm. Great little film. If Came out the, the, well, what was until this recent uh, slew of box office uh, summers, but was the highest grossing uh, box office summer for years, 1989, with the, uh, the Tim Burton Batman yeah. and the Indiana Jones. Came out the same time as UHF, so it kind of flew under the radar. Oh, yeah. Lethal Weapon 1. Yeah. yeah, all it came did. out that same summer. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna close out our, our our weekly update here with with one last thing. If you've not seen it um, today on the Voodoo, um, you can go on and you can uh, you can get yourself a copy, or if you want to wait it out. Uh, but I suggest, uh, I, I highly recommend to check out the Won't You Be My Neighbor. Um, oh, yeah, the the documentary is yeah. now out, and uh, it's, about, about it. it's about Fred Rogers. We did a review on it a while back. Uh, it was a secret movie that was a not-so-secret movie, um, and uh, it was really, really good. So, um, you know, definitely check that out. So you we're said gonna you go had questions and... about the politicians. Oh, yeah, um, I do, actually. Uh, so who is this manifest? Fort guy he, he and the, and why does everybody say for sure now that uh, forty five is getting impeached? Number one, um, the the answer to, for your first question is he was the campaign chair when the first campaign chair when Donald Trump was running for president. And he's a, he's his lawyer. It was his old lawyer. No, that's a different guy that also happened today who pled guilty to charges of paying off Stormy Daniels essentially with campaign money. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which and is he was very direct. illegal. And that is more. Um, in, in, um, I don't want to say indicting because that's a loaded word in this context. But that is more uh, uh, evidence that he might be impeached than anything that Manafort. Well, has been this question was brought up of. to me too. It was like, well, you can't actually be impeached for that, uh, and, and and nobody would impeach somebody for having an affair. And I say, ho, ho. Bill it's already, Clinton it's already um, happened, yeah. has, has been brought up for having an affair, and it's not for the affair. It's for the lying about it. It was perjury, uh, yeah. You know, well, that, that all was... started as an investigation into a land deal in Arkansas yeah. and ended up with a blowjob in the Oval Office. And some cigar play, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, infamously. Mm-hmm. But this was different as this happened before. So she, The question was, this happened before, so how is it even illegal or against any rules? I'm like, because they were, uh, if I understand this correctly, because they were paid off with campaign allotted money. 
It would be a violation of campaign finance. Yes. And basically they're taking money that's not theirs and giving it to people to buy off. And that money was predicated on that person using it for political stuff. The the real – yes, you are absolutely correct. The the reason that's an issue is because it's a campaign donation. So that's a tax-deductible thing for the people who made that donation Uh for a specific purpose. Yeah. Um, it's not like they said, hey, Donald Trump, here's $1,000. They said, hey, here's $1,000 for your political campaign in American democracy. Yeah. I'm going to write this on, on my taxes later. So that's why that's a specific issue. Yeah. Yeah. The Manafort stuff is not so um, – uh, not so much a big deal for Trump specifically because um, in the the major news networks are not saying this, but it's absolutely true. Things Manafort has been found guilty of the eight eight of the ten charges or whatever it was. No, eight charges guilty, ten they Dropped. got hung hung jury. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, um, none of those had anything to do with Trump and or the campaign. Okay, so you're just a dirty dude then. Well, yeah, but they're all dirty. I mean, if you investigate anybody in Washington, you're going to find some dirt. They are the swamp. Yeah, and in fact, um, he was working with the Podesta, uh, Manafort, the things he's been accused of being guilty of. At the time that he did those things, he was working for the Podesta group. John Podesta was the campaign chair for Hillary Clinton. Look out. So it's all tied together in this weird way, and no one wants to talk about it. Well, I just know that uh, everybody was very excited today to see this guy turn himself in, and they're like, ooh, it's very possible. ooh shit. Yeah, the, so, a major misconception that most people make is just because you're impeached doesn't mean you're going to get taken out of office. Bill Clinton was uh-huh. impeached. He was found guilty of perjury, but didn't get to leave office or wasn't kicked out of office. That's a different thing. Ah, see? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So pay attention. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even if they do find him guilty of something, doesn't mean he's uh, going to get kicked out. I pretty much think that no matter what happens, he's going to be able to ride this term out. And I don't think he will either run again or if he does, he will be railroaded out by a strong Republican it candidate. depends on what happens this coming November. And also, I dare say... Say I, I question just because uh, I say there's an old joke that uh, that 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 goes like this. It's not a good joke, so bear with me. It says, "Okay, so I hand you a weevil in this hand, okay, and I hand that would you, be your right, and I hand you a weevil in this hand. That would be your left. It's a little bit smaller, a, s- okay. a smaller weevil. Is that yeah. why you're curling your fingers? Yeah. Up? So uh, I would say here you can take your choice." Do you want this or the lesser of two weevils? <laughs> because of the weevil. It's still a weevil. Yeah, but lesser of two evils slash lesser of two weevils. Yeah. It's funny. It is. Uh, mm-hmm. In a roundabout way. But, I mean, <laughs> really, it's the lesser, you know, you know, it's the lesser of two evils here. Yeah. I well, don't know. We've been, anyway. Yeah. I could go on for hours about politics. Uh, yeah, stuff. I know. It's just don't get me started. <laughs> yeah, I know, and I'm not trying to. I'm just saying. Uh, I, yeah, um, I don't know. I don't. Uh, okay. I, yeah. My the short way to say how I feel about things is I think oh, Trump yeah. simply puts on a bad face to the shit we've always been doing. True. Well, not always, but for a very long time. Uh. True. In 1932, 
uh, General Smedley Butler came out and said, war is a racket and war for anything other than protecting our house or, um, uh, I forget what else he said. There was two things. Uh, well. Um, is a racket. And that's why they don't name people Snidley. Smedley. Any, Smedley yeah. anymore. No, they uh, don't. No. Um, but he wrote a whole book called War is a Racket in 1930-something. So my my point to the to the lesser of two evils besides a dynamite joke uh, <laughs> it was so good i forgot the rest yeah, of my point the dynamite joke um, was is hey you have these two evils you have this uh, i mean so to speak i'm i'm not saying whoever you voted for is evil that's not my place i'm saying I am. that uh, i don't care who you, you voted for that that uh, you have your donald trump and you have your mike pence which is oh. the, which is the lesser of two yeah. which is the lesser of two evils i i dis i actively dislike a lot of things about mike pence mm-hmm. um and i don't like a few things about donald trump either mm-hmm. so uh if you say okay Everybody wants him impeached. Okay, my point here is no, they don't. They want him out of office. Yeah. Okay. So that everybody's crying, impeach. We mm-hmm. want him out. We yeah. want him out. Mm-hmm. Do they really want Pence in? No, they don't. They're not thinking. So that's what I'm. That's my point here. Is, See, the, is would you rather it just let this fucked up weird uh, thing that this I'll call the presidency because everything's been. This is the most. I've never seen things like this in a presidential office. It's very strange. To it's 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 different land. But would you want him to just ride it out and then bring in two new candidates to oppose him, or do you want him out and Pence to finish it out? Me personally, yeah, you personally, and do you think the American public just on a, on what you? Oh, perceive? I think the, I think the American public wants Trump out. I don't think no matter who goes in. I don't think there's there's no next step. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Trump thing out. one. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I think he should finish. I think the dumbest thing they could do would be to get him out of office, especially and put Mike Pence in office. Yeah, yeah. In a higher office. Well, he puts the the mask back on everything, and he can do things in a using polite words. He can do terrible things, and because of how we've been doing politics in this country for the last forty years, no one will say anything. I think that 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 Mike Pence is a much more hateful man than Donald Trump. I definitely agree with that too. Yeah, and, and so, but he's also more quote unquote Christian. Yeah. Also, again, choosing my words carefully here, he's not the right kind of Christian. Yep. Um, and I, I see what you mean. Yeah, and I'm not trying to and I agree. offend uh, by that, but some people take it to fire and brimstonian levels, and that's not. As a person that well, was, I was made to go to church for most of my youthful life, and I managed to learn a thing or two, and uh, that's not what the church really wants out of you, unless you're going to certain types of churches. Well, he uses his religion as a cloak for his hate. Yeah, he, yes, he, he uses it as a prop. As other, as a lot of the as older bludgeon. churches that I went to as a youth, mm-hmm. they had, you know, they say judge not, but there's a lot of judgment going yeah. on. Uh, they, they forget. I always ask that too to my dad. I was like, it says there should be no judgment, but clearly there's judgment, and my yeah. dad's like. Well, uh, here's the thing, uh, and I'm like, okay, okay. Uh, I'm just calling it now as I see it here. Uh, but again, uh, it's not. It's neither here nor there. I just think that it was a big deal, and people are are thinking that this whole thing 
is going to is going to get him out of the office, and I I don't think that's the case. Yeah. Um, and if so, I guess my whole point is is like you, I, I would just rather see this whole weirdness just I'll call it presidential experiment ride out, and then hopefully get set back on course by a couple of good folks. Uh, hopefully, in, in the next uh, couple of years, yeah. we're already halfway through. So I, I, roughly uh, to try and avoid appointing fingers in an undue way for this conversation. Do you remember that first um, weekend after Trump was elected? They called it the Women's March. I do. That happened. Mm-hmm. There's a f- the picture. The, the pink hats and all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah. Mm-hmm. The pink cat hats. Yeah. Um, there, there was a picture of a guy holding a sign that said, "If Hillary Clinton had been elected, we'd be at brunch." Brunch, yeah, and um. I th- well, I think that that unintentionally gets to the heart of my point. Without Trump, people will go back to sleep. Yeah, that's true. And because Mike Pence can comb his hair correctly, and because he will use polite words to do very hateful and evil things. A very a much smaller segment of the country will pay attention because honestly they have their own lives to live they have jobs they've got things to do yeah I just yeah I, man it's just it's crazy times we live in mm-hmm. these days um, yeah I, I just I'm seeing stuff out of the president I mean I've always been slightly fascinated with the office of the president of the United States no matter who is holding it uh, it's just something that's always kind of interested me. And I've just I, I've never seen it like this, and I'm sure it's happened many times before. Where each generation's like, "Well, I've never seen a president like no, this." Nothing you know, compares to Nixon. Be like that president when, drove a car when we still is, had a military draft, and the anti-war movement was the biggest in this country. It had been yeah. and and was up until this point in history. Yeah. Like nothing. Like they literally parked school buses in front of the White House because they were afraid protesters were going to knock down the gates to the White House, storm the White House, and kill everybody inside. Somebody already jumped over that gate this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it happened. There's a great uh, bit Joe Rogan does uh, in his special I think it's triggered. Oh, yeah. Um, about the first when they let women guard the door for the first time at the White House, somebody actually broke in inside. Didn't get onto the lawn. Got inside the fucking White House the first time they ever let a woman guard the door by herself. Oh man, well, pretty funny. I uh, I'm not going to flog a political dead horse here, uh, as we are not a political show. But with all the hullabaloo, uh, we usually cover social media goings ons, and that's basically all uh, what this day has been about today. I would like to say, in a more general sense, not about the trials and the guilty verdicts that were levied out today specifically, but the in what the most important thing that happens in American politics will be what happens next. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Uh, so uh, that said, we are going to move it on over to Secret Movie Time. J-Rod's going to come back with you, and he's going to let you know. And I'll be here, too.
fun fact about that song, um, Think, uh, Aretha Franklin performed that in the Blues Brothers movie. Indeed. Um, that was one of only two songs they had to record live. Really? Because of all of the nope, goings on? Because or? she and James Brown could not lip sync. Oh. Could not do it. They tried forever and they couldn't do it so yeah. they had to sing it live well they sing with too much passion and soul they just yeah. never sing the same song twice that's and they don't is. sing i would imagine even if they do sing the same song twice it's never the same that's what i mean oh okay it's yeah. never the same yeah. song. now they do they do their own thing yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that uh, that does not surprise me yeah. i did not know that either mm-hmm. so uh mm-hmm. i'm gonna stick that in the old information i think she when she was in blues brothers 2000 or whatever it was she sang respect and i think that one was lip sync she had learned it learned the craft by that time yeah and also probably done that song 102,000 times i it would be surprised if it was that few yeah it probably is more than that yeah yeah um, all right, secret movie time. I yeah. said it would be a poignant movie for Ooh. the day, and like it that. is. This is a, a, you know, they put it under documentary, but it's not really. It's kind of an intellectual discussion caught on film. Oh. Um, it's called The Last Laugh, and it's a movie about making jokes about taboo subjects. Ooh. Yeah. Now, this movie focuses mainly on the Holocaust because what could be more taboo than Nazis and the Holocaust and all that stuff? Yeah, very hot hot ticket item right now. Yeah, but it features comedians the likes of Mel Brooks, Sarah Silverman, Jeff Ross, and the names go on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lisa Lampanelli, all okay. these people who make taboo jokes and... They, there's a whole section about Mel Brooks's springtime for Hitler and the producers. Oh yeah, um, and how you know the reaction to his jokes and things he does. Uh, one of my favorite parts was how he talks about no one gave a shit when he talked about the Spanish Inquisition, but what? killing Spanish Jews. But when but when he talked about Nazis. Um, I couldn't help myself. No, it's all right. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, but it also features uh, Holocaust survivors. It features a gentleman from the Anti-Defamation League. Uh, is that when people take like a poo? No, that's defecation. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, the Anti-Defamation League is a Jewish organization that fights anti-Semitism. Uh-huh. And they go after comedians quite regularly for making, quote, unquote, inappropriate jokes. <laughs> James Gunn. Yeah. And what's really funny is they talk about Life is Beautiful, that movie. Mm-hmm. The one that's not in English. Yes, it's an Italian movie um, by an Italian dude that won an Oscar. You remember he climbed up on the seats when he won the Oscar? Oh, yeah. It's about a guy who goes to a consecration camp with his son, and in order to protect his son, he just kind of makes fun of the Nazis the whole time he's there. Um, anyway, and so... <laughs> The funny part is all the comedians are like, that movie was shit. And then the guy from the Anti-Defamation League was like, it was wonderful. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just the way they do it is really funny. Anyway, um, you know, they, they talk about all this stuff we've been talking about for the last two weeks. Uh, of course, they're talking about in the context of Jews, the Nazis, the Holocaust, not James Gunn, Guardians of the Galaxies, and pedophiles. Yeah. About when it is appropriate, when is it not appropriate, is it okay if it's not appropriate, um, if even is it okay if it, the comedian who later decides that it's not appropriate that they made that joke? All this stuff they talk about it. Um, they talk about a movie that 
apparently Jerry Lewis filmed that's called The Day the Clown Cried. Jerry Lewis? Jerry Lewis? Jerry Lewis. He apparently made a movie that's basically Life is Beautiful before Life is Beautiful, like 30 years before Life is Beautiful was made. Um, that never got put out because he was so far ahead of his time and apparently no one understood it when it when he made it. Uh, Harry Shear, uh, the comedian. Yeah, also star of Simpsons. Yeah. Time star. Mm-hmm. He's in all those Christopher Guest movies yeah. as well. Um, the A Mighty Wind and Waiting for Guffman and all that stuff. Oh, I love, I love all those. Yeah. Um, a Best in Show. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Harris Shears and all those movies. Anyway, he apparently saw the movie once. Uh, there were, he saw a very rough cut of this movie that was never actually produced or distributed. Um, and he talks about it. It's it's very interesting. And I, you all know where we fall on this subject. But I just thought it was interesting that that movie happened. I come across it and... You know the things they talk about. They they place bits from people's stand ups and they show them to Holocaust survivors and they say why they think they're funny. They say why they're not funny. They talk about um, the survivors themselves talk about how uh, people in the camps would entertain other Jews and the SS soldiers that were guarding the concentration camps. And what is this called? The Last Laugh. And it's on Netflix. Uh, Netflix now. Mm-hmm. This is new. Uh, I don't think so, no, but um, David Cross has his wild and crazy beard, so it's not that old either. Yeah, David Cross does like that beard. Yeah. He rocks it pretty well. Um, But a lot of, uh, I won't say controversial, but that's the first word that comes to mind, comedians in this movie, uh, like I said, from Mel Brooks to Sarah Silverman and everybody in between. That's uh, a, Those are some big names. Yeah, right Rob, Rob Reiner's in it, his father's in it, a whole bunch of people. Rob they t- Reiner and Mel Brooks, those dudes know comedy. Yeah, they spend uh, a good chunk of time talking about, um, not a good chunk, but a portion of the movie talking about Archie Bunker and that whole thing. You know, can you have a racist person on television have it be funny? Are people laughing at him or people laughing with him? Of course, it's some mix of in-between um, and all that stuff. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a very good conversation. Nothing gets decided, but it's like I said, it's a it's a thought-provoking conversation caught on film. And it, it was very intriguing to me. Yeah. Well, all right then. Yeah. Last Laugh, Netflix. You can watch it now. Yeah, you can. Yeah, fire it right mm-hmm. on up as soon yeah. as this is done, of course. Yes, sir. Because we have... Or, uh, or pause and uh, come back later. That's what podcasts are for. Because we have a uh, small and then regular review for you coming right up, right after this. And now for our feature presentation. Oh, what's in the box? You talking to me? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Go ahead. Make my day. Fights will go on as long as they have to. Alright, so I said last week that I would have like a like a better review for eighth grade, and I really I really kind of said most of what I need to say. You gave a pretty uh, in-depth review. Yeah, I, I mean it's uh, it, I I'm I'm basically said a lot of stuff to support why I think that it's such a great movie and a lot of it has to do with uh finding the the perfect way to express 
the um, you know uh, the way that the these age kids, we live yeah, in, the yeah. age we live in, and the, especially the the school that these modern kids are growing up in. Uh, the voice uh, was found by Bo Burnham and and was made uh, into a movie, and the movie was very very good. Um, it's not one that's heard about a lot, so I think my whole goal in this was to just keep on promoting it to say, hey, uh, as many people need to see this as they can. And yes, it is rated R, but even the the people that put the movie out, A24, they're like, yes, it has an R rating. It has an R rating because we live in an R-rated time. You need to let your kids see this movie. Um, we rated it R because we had to by the well, MPAA. Well, because kids deal with real shit yeah, it, these well, days. Yeah, and you're never going to hear more filthier words than you will in a junior high or high school right now. Yeah. Um, like, it, it started with Xbox, and you'd hear them online, and, it, you know, the ones that are cursing right. up and get dropping all of these well, mega offensive words are mostly young uh, school children let's in junior high Let's keep it real. We, we don't impose restrictions on language or topics for the kids sake we tell ourselves that yeah we do it because it makes the parents uncomfortable it does yeah a lot of parents now though they're like i don't even have the time to fight this battle so if you want to say fuck you to your teachers eh, go ahead you're gonna get in no trouble and you say that's not true i can promise you in some in some schools not just situations but in some schools uh, I've worked in schools, and I've some, I've had students, young students, fifth graders, come up and say, "Hey, fuck you, man!" And I've been like, "Go to the office right now!" And then I got in trouble because I sent them to the office for something as little as him just saying "fuck you." <laughs> uh, if I said that when I was in fifth grade, I expel, I would have got expelled. I would have got yeah. my ass like fucking tanned all the way up and down the damn street. Mm-hmm. I'd have had to walk home, and I probably would have been grounded for a motherfucking year. Like it well, would have been and, bad. I uh, mean, it's, take a simpler example. What if you? What if you had replied, "No, man, fuck you." Yeah, you'd have been probably fired. Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's 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 bad mm-hmm. in a lot of in a lot of spots. It's not like that everywhere you go, but guess what? It's like that more places than not, and that's the that's the real sad thing. Not everybody can afford to send their kids to private school where that kind of shit is regulated. You know what I mean? Uh, half the teachers well, in public schools are burnt the fuck out, and they're doing it for not very much money. And they're not go. getting now a lot we're getting of, somewhere, and you're yeah. not getting a lot of great attitudes in return. And the parents are more interested in dropping their kids off at school for daycare. Uh, and again, this is not every district of schools, and this is not apply. every parent at those schools. Yeah, and it doesn't apply. It's, I'm not using it as in a specific statement. For I'm just saying a blanket statement is a lot of parents and a lot of school districts. They just want their kids gone uh, for the eight hours that they're there, and they don't care if they learn. They just care that they learn some things and they don't have to. And if they if if you try to uh, inflect authority or or make them do something they don't want to, they're quick to call those parents, and those same parents are the ones that just turn it back on to the teacher. That's what happens when you uh, make a, the public system for the poor and the private system for the rich. Well, that too. And if you're listening right now and going, well, that's just not how it is, I promise you. I've worked in it. It is exactly how it is in cities that have populations of over 100,000 or more. It's just there's going to be some spots that are not – they're going to be rough spots. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go, well, why would anybody work there? They pay them a lot more is why. Yep. You can go, uh, for instance, where I live. If I teach on one side of the river, I would make uh, a fair 
wage, but nothing that I would be like, oh, hey, I'm going to go out to eat and freaking steaks and <laughs> shrimps and all that. And I can say this, that if I worked on the other side of the river for a half of a day, I would make more in that half of a day than working a whole day on the other side of the river. Mm-hmm. But I would have to deal with a whole other caliber of students. Mm-hmm. And parents and all that comes with it. So that's when you got to make the your, the decisions. What can I afford to do, and how much can I afford to take? And the teachers that teach at those schools that make more money, they're at their wits' end. They're they're doing it for the money because they need the money. Yet the students in that situation, very few of them are actually getting better in the educations that they need. My poll point to this is. Schools <laughs> eighth are, grade. <laughs> schools are very different now. So when you say, well, I was in eighth grade, it doesn't matter. Because when you were in eighth grade, it was nothing like eighth grade is at a majority of schools right now. And like, mm-hmm. unless you're fucking 13, then yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, uh, or you live in a smaller town and yeah. that's a, well, more well off financially. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the cold, hard reality of it. And that's what this movie is made for. It's made for those students right there that are trying to figure out exactly what their fucking place is because this is a strange world that that we're moving into strange times my friend in certain areas you're talking about students that look around and most of the people either work at walmart or they're drug dealers yeah there's definitely that um because i mean you can first off when i they would drop them off to school they they would smell like a a a weed factory Mm -hmm. Uh, and it certainly wasn't the third graders (laughs) (laughs) that i know of Uh, you know uh and the parents they just they basically walk up smoking something throw it out on the way in and they're walking their kid into Mm -hmm. school and it's like i it's just how it is in some spots so Uh, and, and again, I just the main point to stress this is is that if you haven't been inside of a school, whether it's uh, you know from a teaching capacity um, or or an employee of the school in some form, you don't really get a true sense of what goes on in that school. You say, "Oh, well, I'm a room mother. I've been in there three or four times." When there are different people in rooms and multiple people in rooms, behaviors change. Especially parents. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, you just need to know it from the other side. And somehow, Bo Burnham captured all of it. Yeah. And found That's the great. right leading young lady to do it and and wrote the best script possible. And honestly, from a filmmaking perspective and a a world importance perspective of right now and this time we live in, it's probably it's probably the best movie I've seen all year as far as terms of of importance and just nailing the what's the term zeitgeist of of the culture we live in right now so what's your superpower you have an ability to put your <laughs> finger on the pulse of the society that's, that's right that's right uh yeah i did watch deadpool 2 last night yeah uh, i did that was brad pitt too it was yeah uh, yeah so uh but yeah I, I think another aspect um we've talked about it before I think but just to in the context of this conversation so this can stand alone um the cheese stands alone yeah uh uh fucking Omar. Yeah see I threw it off your game I just You're started thinking, thinking about the wire the You're like uh-huh um no uh you know think about if you had a great school experience good for you those of you who did not, um, you know what I'm about to say. Think about how terrible school was. The ridicule, the teasing, 
the all that. Now, in the age of social media, you have to understand that shit does not ever stop. No, it is twenty four seven, highly unregulated. And yeah, and if if you have someone who is just fucking with you at school, saying, "Hey, man, why don't you just kill yourself?" and is telling you that all day long, you have to live with that or do what they say. Yeah. And then it's not just like, okay, now I'm out of school and I don't have to deal with yeah. this anymore. Like eight, you said, he's going to log eight, on. Yeah, I have eight, 12 hours before I have to be back there or whatever, however long it is. No, it's all day long. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that is it just wasn't around and it wasn't a problem yeah. um, when, when most people that are listening to this show uh, would know because even if you had a bad school experience, it's not like what a bad school experience is like today just because of the access these students have to one another. If there was somebody I didn't like at school, I didn't see him until I went back to school. Now, if I, there was social media, there's ways that they could get at me through my computer if mm-hmm. they wanted to. Oh, and they can sign up as fake, not fake oh, yeah. accounts, but... They'll know, infiltrate in a multitude yeah, of different Yeah, you block ways. that person, they sign up in a different account and a name that you don't know it's them, and then they start messing with you. Yep, you know? it's just, it's bad, and that's something that we didn't have to deal with. Uh, and it's, luckily It for, started when I was in school because uh, I was in early late grade school early high school when aol instant messenger was big okay and so like you'd be like blink what's that Mm -hmm. you know um i never got on that because i saw people just fucking up their lives with it but oh yeah (laughs) Uh, see that wasn't around for me um that was it was not the case and also i mean i played i played sports and we were on i was on a good sports team Mm -hmm. when i was in junior high and high school so i mean uh, it's not, uh, you know, it is and it isn't. the 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 stereotype is true. If if you, I I, I was quote unquote a a jock student, but right. I, I wasn't one of the ones that walked around slapping books out of people's hands and stuff yeah. like that. I was just nice and I played sports and I was good at them and I played yeah. with other people who I were was also friends good with dudes like you. Yeah, I so a few uh, of those. Yeah, I just tried to treat everybody pretty cool and in the end i had a lot of friends in in high school so in in junior high and so it was not a bad experience for me but it was also even if it was a bad experience for me it's different than how it would be today um just because of all the access and that's just that i don't know so that's why i think this movie is important for parents to see i think it's important for uh uh, junior high kids to see, and I think it's important even for high schoolers to see. I think it's the high important for teachers are, at any level to see. As yeah, well. I agree. I think that everyone involved with schooling at all, whether you're a, a cafeteria worker, whether you're a, a room mom, whether you're a parking helper. I mean, I mean, I work in higher education, and I hear a lot of conversations like, "Oh, these kids today they have this problem and that problem and that problem," and then I have to be like, "Do you know why they have that problem? Let me tell you why anxiety." Anxiety is a giant yeah. issue with kids today. And this movie <laughs> is the explanation yeah. that many people need that won't know until they watch this mm-hmm. movie. And they'll be like, really? And their kids will be like, I've been telling you. <laughs> Fucking Bo Burnham needed to tell you, but I've been telling you. Yeah. Uh, and so it's it's really um, it's really it's a really important film of of this 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 time that we live in. And, and I think. Uh, in the end, I think that it's the first real legitimate bona fide uh, Oscar movie I saw this year. I okay. think that that movie, either for script or screenplay, 
or or even that young uh, girl who turned in that incredible performance. I don't know if the movie will be nominated, but I would be shocked if uh, Bo Burnham didn't get a a, a writing or directing nod, mm-hmm. especially for um, you know being a comedian and switching over to the movie game and having instantaneous success on every level yeah, writing and, and, and not as a actor performer but exactly. a, as a writer director yeah it's a it's a big deal when somebody yeah. can break through and be so successful like that like James Gunn did back in 2006 <laughs> uh you know he found his right voice guess what bo burnham went through probably a thousand bad jokes before he found a thousand good ones. You know what I mean? Or, or vice versa, you know, give and take, give and take. And he lived in a more social media age. I'm just saying, you know, uh, but, uh, I don't, I don't mean to flog the dead horse, but uh, this James Gunn situation really bothers me. Um, it's the double a bad standard. precedent, like you said. Yeah, yeah, it's the double standard of it all. But anyways, uh, that is uh, eighth grade. It's obviously, for me, it's a five-star, perfect flick, must-see this movie. This is a movie, a defining movie of the age that we live in right now uh, for uh, your children. I don't have children, so I can't say our children, but your children. Um, just see it and you'll know. Mm. That's all I can say is, is I can try to talk it up. And I can't hit it on the head as hard as what this movie is going to do if you go see it. And if you're worried because of the R restriction, I strongly uh, encourage you to go see this movie first by yourself and then watch it with your children so you'll know what to talk about. Oh, I've seen little fucking Johnny do that uh, before. Why Mm -hmm. did he do that? Maybe some people were doing some of the shit they were doing in this movie that I had no idea even existed. Mm -hmm. Because when I went to school, it wasn't fucking like that. So, and then when the kids say this, and they, I quit over exaggerating, Timmy. They don't really do that. And if you do, <laughs> toughen up. Have a Snickers bar, which we couldn't eat when I went to junior high, which we we could. I'm just hypothetically, you know, uh, <laughs> we had a little Shit, candy we, section. Yeah, but, we had a snack bar. You, you know, could get nachos and ice cream for lunch every day if you wanted. My God, man. Yeah. I did not have that. And not just like regular old nachos, but nachos made out of fucking Doritos. Dude, my God. I had three stations, and they were all cafeteria foods, government cheeses, and square pieces of pizza. We actually had a good lunch program at my school. There was like a salad line. There was the regular hot food line. And then in the student loungy area, they had that. They called it the snack bar, but it was as I described. There was like pizza and nachos and Dude, shit. That's and insane. then we were like, oh, why are people fat? Uh, <laughs> uh, we got on every other Monday Pizza Hut or Avanti's Day. So you could go and well, you We could, never got that, though. Yeah, it was every other, and it was either Pizza Hut or it was Avanti's, and you can buy a sandwich or a little mini pizza for your lunch instead. Mm-hmm. But it was largely ours was three stations, and we always hoped for tenderloins and potato boats because we could put the cheese on the tenderloin. Fucking good. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I would not eat that now for money. <laughs> like, <laughs> people gave me money. I'd be like, ah, uh, no, because no. But we did have a spot across the way where you could go and buy soda. Oh, yeah. root beer floats and, and I will shit. say this. Now, in all sodas, I don't know if it's because of Michelle Obama or not, but you cannot purchase as a student soda uh, that has caffeine in it in anything lower than a high school. Like oh, all yeah. junior highs and grade schools, it's all you can buy soda. It's diet, sugar free, mm-hmm. yeah. no sugar. 
Yeah. No sugar at all. No mm-hmm. candies. None of that. Mm-hmm. It's gone now. Yep. Psst, gone. Well, you know, that's yeah. good. It probably is good. Yeah. But when I was in school, oh, man, I could get the sugar. We didn't. We had vending machines at school, but they weren't for students. They were for teachers in the teachers' lounge. And you the, could you could get one, like if you asked a teacher real nice. Yeah. Now I will say, in the schools that I've been in, now I still had access to real soda in mm-hmm. the teachers' lounge. I could go in there and buy a Mountain Dew or whatever. We didn't till high school. But yeah, um, it's 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 very different. So, uh, you know what else is different? Alpha. It's the type of movie you don't see a lot these days. I'm going to tell you a couple good things about it, and I don't really have a lot bad to say about it. Um, okay, You've so been you, promoting the shit out of this for almost a year. Here's one. Here's a movie. I'm just going to go ahead and start by saying this. I didn't really care to see this movie. Um, I have a problem. I call it uh, overly empathetic to... Uh, movies with animals because I don't like seeing, even if it builds character, I don't like to see any sort of animal suffering Mm -hmm. at all. Uh, Like War Horse. Fuck a War Horse. That was like horse (laughs) fucking snuff film, basically, is what that was. Uh, Let's just fucking beat the shit out of this horse. The lobster. Yeah. uh, So I'm going to go ahead and get, I'm going to rip this band-aid off. It's not like that. Um, it's not like that at all. So I was like, they're going to fucking come out here and kill this dog or do this stuff. Now, spoiler alert, they don't kill this dog. Yeah, um, I didn't think that was. And I, and it wouldn't be rated as high if they did yeah. uh, because it scored fairly highly. It's in the 70s, and I scored higher for a different reason. The story for this movie is good. Um, okay, it's a it's a story of a boy that's a hunter that goes off to hunt and he comes down. He gets trapped by some wolves. The wolves try to fuck him up. He fights back, hurts a wolf. Those two basically get abandoned. The wolf gets abandoned by his pack. The boy is lost from his people because he fell over a fucking cliff. Right. And they think he's dead. That's and pretty so, much all in the trailer. Uh, yeah, all the, this is the trailer basically. They don't speak a lot, so mm-hmm. that's what you see in the trailer. And that's the gist of the movie. It's those two separated from their own shit, form a bond, try to get back to their own people, and they hail it as, you know, how man met dog of sort. You know, basically yeah, how the, the, the wolves evol- you know. The origin of man's best friend, I think, is yeah, the tagline. Yeah, I believe yeah. you. Yeah, that's in, and, you know, what they do, it is. Yeah, they, they are wolves, and they show you that, hey, they, they can interact with people, and then they can be cool little you know helpers for hunting and then you know there was no dogs but in this movie well um, all dogs are wolves true all of them yeah i mean there's no like dog in the traditional sense Mm -hmm. of the word because they don't exist yet Mm -hmm. theoretically so um here is okay here's what did it anna anna's like i think that movie looks great i'm like yeah (laughs) ah they're probably gonna fucking hurt the dog kill the dog which is like it's a wolf i'm like ah uh and i'm like i just don't know and then i saw it was in imax 3d and i was like "Ooh, imax 3d (laughs) they don't do that very often and if it's in imax 3d must have some pretty fucking good 3d dude Oh, unbelievable 3D. But what is the 3D of? Some of the most beautiful images I've ever seen in film of just landscapes that with 3D so good, it looked like you could look down and you could pick up gravel or you could just walk right into that screen. 
crystal clear hmm. on the IMAX. Hmm. Such good dimensionality on the 3D. It's almost too real. They crank that shot over the over the cliff, and you're like, that's a fucking long ways down. And you can <laughs> feel it. Not just You'll get like, that tingle in the pit. You do. You get that stomach. little belly tingle like, oh, oh shit. And that's, it's used to that effect a few times. Now, this is Sony 3D. They usually do a pretty good job. But the cinematography, I mean, and when I say cinematography, too, this is not something I expected to be breathtaking cinematography here. But when I see this, I guess I'm not surprised in retrospect, but it's not something I went in going, this show's going to look great. Mm-hmm. It was something I was like, oh, IMAX 3D, let me give it a shot, and was blown the fuck away. I kind of had a feeling the, the the shots would be good because you could kind of tell if there was not much talking. Oh, I'm going to get movie. to that in just a second, too. Um, but, yeah, imagery by far, like, that was something I did not expect. And I was not just taking it back, but I was blown the fuck back. I was like, oh. this is gorgeous That's pretty uh, good. and breathtaking imagery. Uh, some of the best I've seen on the IMAX 3D screen um, with that clarity and just that to it. And so that in and of itself was a pretty nice surprise. So here's here's what really took me else by surprise. There's very little talking in this film. The talking that is in this film, not, not a single word is spoken in English. So if, if you're like, oh, man, I got to read this whole movie. You know how I feel about reading movies anyways. And I was like, this didn't bother me at all. It's for a little bit. Uh, oh, they they have a translator in there, uh, and maybe the first ten minutes of the movie, it, there is spoken stuff, and uh, you know it's when you the, say translator like subtitles. Yeah, it's subtitles okay. on the bottom. Uh, no, there's that actual dude in there. That's good. That would be. Cool, I don't know. Though. Maybe they have a sign language. That would be shit. sweet. That's what I'm saying. There's a guy on the side. And wolf <laughs> <comes>. <laughs> he says, uh, but yeah. I don't think that's a sign for wolf. Now, it might be though. Oh, yeah. uh, like maybe like this. Like Jim Jeffries has a new special, and he does a big uh, sign language bit, and it's fucking. Hilarious. I heard. I heard there was also a great bit on docking uh, as well in his yeah, new. That's part. of... Of the sign language yeah. bit, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but anyways, um, the alpha, yeah. the uh, the alpha. Uh, the, so, if you uh, right, let me say it like this: if you're going into alpha, don't expect a talkie. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not really much of that. You get a little bit for the exposition so of the not story. The post, no. Uh, it, it, it and here's where here's where you can tell that this is not just a movie but this is a movie that's pretty fucking good is because after the incident which you see in the trailer Mm -hmm. there's no more words at all uh until like i'll say towards the very end Mm -hmm. and again not english no english is spoken and so you're taking of an hour and 40 something minute long movie an hour and 30 hour and 28 minutes of it is no spoken words going straight up castaway on this bitch. It is. Yeah. And this kid manages to hold that screen with that wolf paired with the imagery and that is what made it so spectacular. Now he, I I argue this. If you go to see this movie without the IMAX 3D experience, it's going to take a little bit of fun out of it. There's just because of the imagery, because what you're seeing, because how you're seeing it, it can't be replicated in a in a non 3D experience or in a regular theater. Uh, the IMAX and the IMAX 3D that brings the clarity to it. You're seeing killer imagery, uh, awesome spectacle in some senses of the of the word because there's nothing. This is 
you know, 20,000 BC in Europe. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There is no, uh, you know, buildings and shit. This is just wide open imagery. I, it's a lot like uh, the Revenant, even in some yeah. spots. I didn't think he was that young. He's 22. He looks young. He does. He, that, that's he, like uh, his in the whole movie, game. I thought he was like fucking 14 to 16. Yeah, that's uh, how young he does look. Okay. But yeah. Uh, he's in, he's um, in X-Men Apocalypse, apparently. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of throwaway in, parts in that, too. Oh, he the played, he's Apocalypse. a Nightcrawler in Deadpool 2 as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, I was really taken aback by, by all of that. And in the end, I was like, wow. I'm glad that uh, I went and saw that because it was a lot better than I thought. So um, a lot of that's predicated on the uh, the tech. And, you know, it's a simple story, but it's a good one and a powerful one. And if you like animals, and, of course, obviously I, I love dogs, um, I, you know, this is one that you're going to want to see. Now, if you can get out to see it in the IMAX 3D, that's what you want to do. If you miss the IMAX 3D, eh, maybe wait. I don't know. Um, it depends on how strong you're already feeling on this. And you know you got to be in a mood to sit down and take in a movie that doesn't have any English language and that doesn't have much speaking. It's not like every day of the week you want to be like, God dang, i got to watch that Castaway. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that even has English speaking language. Yeah. But there's a good long chunk of just no words. Um, and even then, when there was words, it was Tom Hanks, and he said words. There are no words. It's a, a, a dude and a, a, little, it's a boy and a wolf. They don't speak the same language. Yeah. And even if they did, it would be, he would be speaking it in a foreign language. So the filmmakers are like, might as well not even. My guess is it's either a made-up language or some conglomeration of a dead language. I believe it is. Yeah, I can't. Atta- it, it came off as Native American. Mm, okay. Um, of Not Native American. Uh, it, I don't know if there's Aboriginal. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, a worldly version of a Native American, yeah. <laughs> as you know. Uh, uh, this the, kid, he's made a lot of cousin. good choices. He's in that Slow West movie, which was a secret movie a while back. Mm-hmm. He's in that Rob, At the Congress with Robin Wright, or Robin Wright at the Congress, which is a secret movie from a long time ago. Mm-hmm. He was the boy in that Road movie with Viggo Morgenstern. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so he's he's doing he's not doing many big movies. He's Nightcrawler in the new reboot of the X Men. He was good in that too. Yeah, um, I, that was actually my favorite part was Nightcrawler in the newest X Men. Um, but yeah, uh, you know that's that's what I'm trying to say here. I'm I don't usually say hey, uh, you need to do this in IMAX 3D. Usually I'm like hey, IMAX 3D is a lot of fun. But let's just be honest here. You can go see it in a regular theater. I I can't say that here. I can't give as high of a recommendation to a regular theater until I actually watch it uh, without seeing that. And as I have a 3D TV here, there's a good chance I probably won't ever watch it without the 3D. So I don't know what the effect is going to be. But I know with that 3D, with that gorgeous cinematography and with the good, decent you know, basic story of something that we as most, most of us love, uh, dogs, you know, and the evolution thereof, uh, I think we're going to take a lot away from it. So with the effects, I give this movie a strong 85%. Uh, I give it the old four and a half stars. Um, I really, really enjoyed it and I did not really have much desires to see it. And when I did, I was like, well, I'll go for the imagery and I still don't think I'm going to like the movie. 
and yeah. it, it was nice think, on both levels. I think th- this the marketing for this movie has been a disservice to it's it. It's not been well. It's been going on for way too long, and it's been very one note, like sentimental journey. Yeah, it reminded me of that when they tried to do that ten thousand BC movie, and it oh, was yeah, just yeah. awful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. was like, this is what this looks like, and that was not very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm really glad that Anna pushed hard, and I'm really glad that the options were available for the IMAX 3D. Because without the IMAX 3D, I don't know if I would have got the push I needed to go and see the movie. And in the end, having seen it now, it's not a movie I would have wanted to miss. Mm-hmm. Um, the the added effects are cool, but in the end, uh, I would have I would have never known it because I wouldn't have watched it. But I would have done a disservice to myself by dismissing it altogether. So Very well. th- yeah, don't make that mistake. And if you well, I did because I wasn't going to watch this fucking thing. I I wasn't either. And then I saw <laughs> IMAX 3D, and you know how I am about the 3D. I did. I'm like, I did. all right, yeah. fuck it. I'll, I'll give a 3D movie a chance. I'll yeah, watch you some, will. I watched some bad shit in 3D. Yeah, just even to watch yeah, even bad 3D. Yeah, watch. yeah. I won't even give a shit. I will watch that 3D because I likes the 3D. I love me a gimmick. And, uh, it, you know, it worked, but the movie itself was pretty solid. So uh, I'm not saying run out unless you do want the IMAX experience because that doesn't last in 3D very long, usually past a week. So mm-hmm. uh, my guess is you'll have one weekend in 3D to see this, a couple of chances during the week, and then by next weekend, I don't think there's going to be any more IMAX 3D. I think it's just going to be regular theater 3D. And there is most definitely a difference um, between... Real D and then the IMAX 3D. The IMAX 3D has two projectors. Absolutely, yeah. It's just you know they got a projector and and for each eye, and it's just that much better. So, um, uh, I know that here coming up soon we have the uh, the the puppet movies. What is it? Happy Time Murderers. Yeah, the Happy Time Murderers. No score yet. I'm going to be looking to get that in for a review. I I don't know if it's going to be good. But that searching uh, movie, the John Ho searching movie, yeah, is coming out the same. Okay, August twenty right. fourth. So yeah, there's uh, there's good stuff on the horizon. So we'll be back at you next week. We're going to have some more good stuff to talk about. Hopefully, uh, the the country has not went up. Oh, into you flames, wanted to do Christopher Robin today as well. You got a short one for that. Christopher Robin. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I do. Um, I do, actually, because Christopher Robin can be summed up in, in, in a really easy way. Okay, so uh, at home, if you're listening, ask your, answer these questions or ask yourself this and then give it a quick answer. Did you like Winnie the Pooh as a youth? Are you old enough to have watched Winnie the Pooh as a youth like when it was still semi-relevant. I'm talking 80s Winnie the Pooh, Jim Cummings' voice, mm-hmm. oh, bother, you know, that mm-hmm. that Winnie the Pooh. Did you have any uh, connection to the Hundred Acre Wood, uh, you know, uh, the the Heffalumps and all that? If if you go Heffalumpin, huh, and you're, and you're scratching your head, it's probably not for you, but it's still a good movie. Uh, you know, it's got that Disney magic charm formula. You know what I mean? That's going to appease. Uh, I think you mean the, agent Carter. Uh, well, her too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and, and uh, uh, Ewan McGregor, he's really yeah. good in this movie as well. And it has Jim Cummings, who is the, the main, uh, the most recognizable voice of Winnie the Pooh and, and also Tigger too. And Eeyore. Uh, he does a lot of them. Doesn't yeah, he? yeah. Well, he doesn't in this, but he did. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, they got Brad Garrett for Eeyore in this. But uh, uh, great uh, uh, vocal casting too. Um, so. 
That's what you need to know. Did you have any connection to or did you ever like Winnie the Pooh when you were younger? Or did you want or did you like it and you would like your kids to have a chance to be uh, exposed to the Winnie the Pooh type of charm mm -hmm. that it has? And uh, the charm carries over. I liked it a lot. I dare say loved it because I loved Winnie the Pooh. And there is a through line throughout the whole movie that just gives you a strong, satisfying sense of nostalgia. Mm. And I saw it on my birthday, and it was exactly the type of movie I wanted to see on my birthday because I, for whatever reason, on my birthday as I get older now, as I'm pushing 40, I, you know, I get a little depressed on my birthday. You know, and this birthday was the first one without, uh, you know, uh, Brother Chad here. And uh, he was always one to come over on my birthday to, you know, make nights a little better and, you know, have some company. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that obviously was not an option um, this year and we were where, where it was just, just last year. So, you know, it was a little hard. So I wanted to see something nice and light. And that took me just right back to um, some good spots uh, as a youth. Uh, the music was nice. And if you were into that, you're going to love the movie. You're going to want to buy the movie. And you might even want to see it a couple of times because they really do a good job with the live action. Now, Anna did not much care for Winnie the Pooh. It's not that she was like, fuck Winnie the Pooh. She just <laughs> never watched it. Um, she watched, she, she's like, I think I saw the movie once when I was young and that was it. And she was like, I liked Eeyore. He's a grumpy old son bitch, you Man. know. Uh, mm -hmm. And she's like, but overall... I'm not a huge Winnie the Pooh fan. And she left the movie and she was like, it was all right. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, no, it wasn't. It was fucking magical. What are you talking about? It's be beautiful, magical. It made me feel great. She's like, you, yeah, you like that <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. I never really had a great connection to Winnie the Pooh. I watched the cartoon a lot. But yeah. I, so I, I never really had a great affection for. I had a great affection for certain characters and those characters brought it here. Mm -hmm. So I, okay. I was. I was uh, thoroughly pleased. So those are the prerequisites that you're going to need to at least ask yourself before you go. Now, you can take any child to this movie, and any child of ages, you know, probably 12 or, or later will be, you know, oh, yeah, that was nice. They'll leave with a happy, feel-good feeling, and as will adults. But mm -hmm. if you were connected to the material uh, in the earlier stages of your life, seeing it now... It just brings back a really nice, satisfying feeling from the music to the voices to the whole message of the whole thing. Um, so I, I give Christopher Robin a strong, again, 85, you know, four, four to four and a half stars um, with that bias in motion. Take it out, and it's still a solid 75 to 80% movie. It's Disney. There's quality there, you know what I mean? Yeah. They don't turn out shite movies as far as uh, the tech of their well, films Well, when go. where nostalgia is concerned. Yeah, I especially, yeah. I will definitely yeah, agree nostalgia with you. and sports, uh, you know, uh, oh, yeah, sports uh, build-em-ups, you know what I mean? Yeah. They do those real well. Uh, the uh, Blind Side or whatever. Yeah, are. well, the Invincible, and then, like, they did the the Eddie the Eagle for, yeah, you know, and yeah, then yeah, they yeah, did yeah. Uh, uh, the, the that, running one, the McCarthy, or the... Uh, Something USA. The, the uh, final season, that volleyball movie. There's. I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Um, but they do. A, they do a good job with it. Um, and, and they. That, that's what they do with Christopher Robin. So I think you know, really, w where your interests are going to lie. Don't tell me what I know. Uh, well, I think you will. Just and if you said you watched the cartoon a lot as a kid, yeah. I think that you would find enough out of this movie to go. I'm glad I watched that. Oh, okay. You know what I mean. 
Um, whereas I, I watched it so much as a kid that I'll be very happy to add it to my collection. Oh, that's right. Also, this Friday, coming back to theaters, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yep, I won't see that for nothing. In uh, IMAX. I know. Uh, Hal, see it in IMAX. I no, might. go fuck yourself. I might go uh, see it. I'm not going to do it. Uh, you know how I feel about that movie. I respect its uh, cinematic history, but uh, it's boring as shit. Don't like it. <laughs> I need you to used to say that about Wes Anderson. I used to rewatch. Yeah, it's true. I need to rewatch because I haven't watched since high school. But I really did not like it in high school. I didn't know I much how about much film. It's changed, yeah, I didn't know, know much about film in high school. But also, uh, I know that um, something else is coming back to theaters too: Transformers, uh, the '86 movie, and oh, Jurassic Park again. For uh, its 25th anniversary is yeah. coming back. Uh, the original Jurassic Park. And then, of course, there's Marvel doing up the 10 years of Marvel, all 20 films in the IMAX. That starts soon. Yeah, it starts this week. No, uh, no next week. Is it next week? Yeah, yeah it, starts it starts next August week and goes 30th, through yeah. the end of the month. So, uh, so yeah, check that out. Uh, but, yeah, that's what we got for you. We'll have more for you next week. And in case they don't see you, good morning, good afternoon, and good night.
ti.